Hello and welcome. You're listening to Our Life Well Lived, the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. In this episode of the podcast, I actually share the audio version of a conversation that I had the privilege of having recently with Trina Markison of Present Moment Living. So I met Trina kind of virtually at the beginning of this school year when she hosted some of our PD sessions for the kickoff to the school year. And this is the last piece of my puzzle in terms of dealing with constant feelings of overwhelm and anxiety that have plagued me for years. So I really hope this conversation serves you in some way. And I know that this is a long episode and this isn't my typical length of an episode, but it is worth a listen. If you haven't seen it already, over on Our Life Well Lived, Leanne hints on my Facebook page. So the video is there if you're wanting to watch that. But if you feel like this would be a better format for you, here it is. All right, everybody, welcome tonight uh, to this conversation. Maybe it's not tonight for you, but uh, tonight uh, I'm getting together with Trina Markison of Present Moment Living. And again, this is probably on my bucket list and one of my absolute dream come true this year for 2020. And I set these intentions at the end of October. And now this is the third conversation that I get to have like this and then share this with you. So I'm so excited to have to be doing this tonight. So just a quick introduction. I'm Leanne Hintz and I am, I guess, the creator and the founder of Our Life Well Lived, which is a blog and then a Facebook page. Um, it's also become a book, which is the first compilation of all of my blog posts from kind of a set number of years. And then more recently, I took the leap into a podcast as well. So I'm really in the newbie stage of that, but enjoying that different platform of creating as well for you all. So I will let Trina introduce herself now. Okay. So my name is Trina Markison. And I am the founder, I guess, <laughs> CEO of Present Moment Living. And I was also a classroom teacher for 20 plus years. And two years ago, I took the step that I needed to take and I resigned from my classroom because for the last 15 years, I've been sharing mindfulness um, tools with people across the province and now across Canada and into the United States. And it really helps people to learn tools for resilience so that they are empowered to control how they feel and, and to really control the amount of stress that they feel in their lives. So I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Leanne, thank you so much for, in, for inviting me to join you for this little chat. Well, About it's absolutely my, my pleasure to have you here. And of course, I should mention, I guess everybody probably knows, but I am a teacher as well, and I'm an online teacher now, but I was a classroom teacher for a number of years. I started my teaching journey in 2006, so it's, it's getting to be a long time. So this is something that's definitely a passion of mine as well. And I think that's why all the, our life well-lived stuff kind of fits with that, because it's still just that teaching and that encouraging, uh, basically, of a life well-lived. So the reason why this topic has become so important to me is because it's really um, 
it's actually just really altered my experience when I finally embraced it. So I've only embraced this topic a few months ago. And as you know, the reason how I kind of got to know Trina in the first place or know about her and what she did was because our division had a PD day and she did a number of sessions that I just tried to completely embrace and just went with everything that she was trying to teach us and soak, soaked everything up and did every exercise and really realized that this was kind of like a last piece of a puzzle that I'd been working on in terms of dealing with my own just complete stress and anxiety and overwhelm with all sorts of different things that I've kind of battled for many, many years. And I've been working through it in a lot of different ways, but this was kind of that final piece of the puzzle that, that has really made a huge, huge impact in my life. So thank you. And I'm so glad our paths crossed. And I think that I was ready, really ready for you when you, you know, when it, when it did come my way. So. Absolutely. Remember that saying that says when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Right. Yeah. So I was definitely ready. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so grateful for that. And I hope that, you know, in uh, sharing this with other people that maybe this is um, that invitation for them to explore mindfulness and and tapping a little bit more. So that's why we're here tonight. And we just want to talk about that a little bit more. So I'm going to let the expert speak. And that's you. I just, just about, let's start with mindfulness, right? And of course, this is kind of a concept that, you know, was, has been on my radar for the last, you know, a couple of years. And I was just like, wow, who has time for that? Like, who has time to like, sit down and focus on something or, or do nothing or whatever it is that mindfulness is supposedly asking us to do. And so I just kind of felt there was a lot of resistance to that, right? And, and I definitely heard of meditation, which is, you know, a little bit different than mindfulness, I think. But I just, I couldn't get into it or I didn't really buy into it all of that time until, you know, we talked about, you know, in the fall here when I learned about it a little bit more. So if you could just kind of speak into that, that would be great. Well, when I think about all of the years that I've been sharing this, what I notice is in order for people to really grasp onto it and begin a serious practice and really begin to, to bring it into their life as a tool to help them with stress reduction, there almost needs to be a little bit of suffering or no, not a little bit of suffering. There needs to be a lot. Right. And as soon as that happens, they grab onto it. Now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to use my mom as an example. My mom has, listen to me speak about mindfulness for the last 15 years. I've been practicing for 20 years and it really came into my life as a need for my own stress reduction. Now she's watched me. She has listened to me. She has seen my presentations, but it's like, you know, do you want to practice mindfulness? Yeah, it's okay. It's, I'm good. You know? And it wasn't until recently when she, and this is like in the last six months when she started to experience some health issues that and this is with the tapping also, that um, she got to the point where she was actually in pain one night and she began, she, she didn't know what to do with the pain. Okay. She was resisting it. It was like, why is this happening to me? And then what, what happened is she just had this opening and decided to try the tools that I've been talking about for so many years. Now, it's not like she was completely resisting it. She would listen to it openly and she just didn't grab the practice and and for it to really help her and now I, I can say she probably has a daily practice and I couldn't be more thrilled but she had to go through that really intense suffering before 
before she was willing to really take it on and try it. And now is noticing that it's, it's a tool that she's probably not going to be without for the rest of her life. Right. For me, for me, I suffered. Pardon? Go ahead and share your story. Well, for me, I mean, I grew up as a really busy kid and I was a perfectionist and I used to compare myself as people to other people. And most of the time it was, I was less than other people. That's how I saw myself. Mm -hmm. And so as I grew up into an adult, I took all of those three traits with me. And and I felt like it was almost like the perfect storm for stress in a person's life. As As a mom who wanted to do everything perfectly, I wanted to, you know, even if it wasn't perfect in my life, I wanted to, it to appear like I was. Mm-hmm. And I was, I didn't know how to say no to people. So there was that busyness and, and the perfectionism and, and just everything, all of the things that we try to do to keep everything working so well as a busy mom. And then about six months after my sons were born, I suffered from my first panic attack followed by a really difficult year of depression. Mm. And I went to the doctor and the doctor gave me an antidepressant. And I resisted that at first because I didn't want to be on an antidepressant. So I came across a program uh, called Attacking Anxiety and Depression. It was a program I ordered from the States. And it came to my house and it was a a big box full of cassette tapes that had, I just dated myself there. <laughs> That's okay. I, I know all about cassette tapes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and there I wasn't listening to one cassette tape a week. And I think it was week 10 or 11 where they talked about something called the precious present moment. And it said, if we put our attention on thinking about what we're doing in this moment, Instead of thinking about all the other thoughts we think about during the day, the stress would begin to melt away from our bodies. Now, when I heard that, I remember where I was. I was driving my minivan east down the highway, east of Regina, and I just was like, this is it. This is it. This is going to heal. What's causing the stress that was adding up to the anxiety, which was then adding up to the depression? They usually go hand in hand. Right. So when I heard that, I knew that was key. So I, I began practicing mindfulness. You know, mindfulness means thinking about what we're doing in this moment. I, yeah. I began to practice just, oh, that's going to be easy. I could think about what I'm doing while I'm eating. I'll just think about eating. Or when I'm, when I'm driving, I'll just think about driving. Right. You know what I thought about? Everything other than right. what I was doing in this moment, right? It's not so easy. Telling someone, just be present, just be present, is like telling someone who smoked for 15 years, just quit smoking, it's easy. Right. Or someone who needs to lose weight, just lose 20 pounds, it's easy. You know, it's not that easy. No. See, mindfulness is all about paying attention. A lot of people say they practice mindfulness to get calm. Yes. That is a side effect of practicing mindfulness. But what's really happening is we are training attention. There is a specific pathway in our brain that is specific for focus and paying attention. Now, the more we practice these simple little mindfulness tools every day or every second day or on a regular basis, the more we practice the more automatic it becomes. That pathway in our brain gets so strong and we can focus very easily. But here's the key. We can catch ourselves thinking the stressful thoughts 
that then cause the stress that we feel in our body. Now, when I came across the word mindfulness, what, what I loved about it, it wasn't some idea on, you know, just be present, just be present. It was actually a set of tangible tools that I could use, simple, simple little things that I could just incorporate into my everyday life that would allow me to train that focus piece so that I could catch myself thinking a stressful thought. Because we tend to blame a lot of outer things for causing our stress. You know, that person causes me stress. That situation causes me stress. This whole COVID thing causes us stress. Right. But what, when you really begin to think about it, what causes the stress response in our body are our thoughts about what's happening. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. talking about those little tools and techniques, I remember one thing that um, came from the session, and I've used this many, many times, is just talking about just taking like one, like a deep breath and just like recentering back to like where you are with your breath, right? And using your breath for that. Absolutely. Um, so that's just one strategy. I'm sure you have other things that like, just because I want to share a couple of those things so that if people yes. are like, oh, okay, well, I can easily do that, right? Absolutely. So. Yes. And the breath is, it's free. It's always with us. I mean, it is there as a tool to ground us in the present moment because our thoughts take us away from the present moment, the past thoughts where we replay things that have already happened, right? The future thought where we worry and what if about what might happen. Leanne, I believe the entire world is caught in what if thinking right now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And That's our reality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to avoid it almost, right? And it's everything is like, oh, there's another press conference in a couple of days. There's going to be more announcements. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. Like, you know, and I think everyone is, yeah, very consumed with that kind of um, information. Like it's always changing even and just everything coming in for sure. It's it's quite quite concerning right now. For sure. Right. So when we notice those st thoughts start to come in, first of all, we're going to notice it in our bodies. Our bodies are going to tense up. Our heart's going to be beating faster. We're going to feel anxiety. We're going to feel nervousness. We're going to have that, that dis, dis ease in our body, like the butterflies in our belly. We're going to notice the body symptoms start to happen because of the thoughts that we think all the time. They, it always reacts. Our body does, it reacts to every single thought we think. We think about 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And every stressful thought brings the stress into our body. So our breath is, is the first tool that I teach because every single breath, when we put our attention on it, we are present. It acts like an anchor into the present moment. If you're completely caught in past thoughts, one breath can take you here. And when we're caught in future thinking and what if thing, yeah. our thoughts, our breath takes us right here. It's, it's always there. Like my breath is my best friend. Right. I, I take a couple of, con and it's a conscious breath because I mean, we're breathing all the time, right. yeah. but how much of the time are we focused on our breath? And when we're focused on our breath, we let those thoughts go right. that our body begins to settle and relax. so quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, that's definitely a tool that people can use. And I've definitely used that many, many times. And so I just want to share one little like snippet. And I know I just wrote a piece uh, for my blog on the weekend. And I kind of talked about my overwhelm and anxiety, kind of the journey that I've went through. And I've done a, a series of things, I think, over the last few years to, to just kind of conquer this slowly and steadily. And as I said, I felt like this was one of the last pieces of the puzzle. 
Uh, and I think it's interesting how you talk about um, perfectionism for yourself and the anxiety that that can cause, because that is definitely something that I've battled with for, for years and years. And so once I learned that that's who I am and how I'm wired, I've been able to release that as well. And so I'm so grateful for that. And just, you know, I actually wrote in the end of the piece was like, when did you become so like chill about things, right? Like, cause that is not, not typically who I've been in the past and, you know, even things about my house or the kids or things like that. And so just tonight, right before, you know, we were in our session here in the living room, there ended up being like a, a confrontation between my children. And in, the, you know, in the past, I have to say that, that I would have really got emotionally involved in whatever was going on with them. And, you know, probably had these terrifying thoughts about what kind of person, you know, I'm raising and blah, blah, blah. And in the end, I kind of actually just sat there and just observed it and, and they sorted it out on their own. And I didn't actually have to experience that whole like emotional response of my own and, you know, like the feeling in my body and things like that. And I, I feel like that is a lot to do with you know, just having a regular practice of mindfulness and tapping, like conflict is a normal part of, you know, raising children, for example, like for them to get into a disagreement about the train set, that that's normal, right? And that would be, you know, something that I would just want them to kind of start to figure out on their own. And so I just, I felt like my response was, I was pleased that I didn't get emotionally involved in the whole ordeal. And then, you know, it just, nothing ended up blowing up out of proportion out of it. You know what I mean? That didn't be, end up being a big episode because I was chill about it. They kind of sorted it out and they both ended up apologizing to one another and like they're three and nine, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I just, I feel like I'm just, it's such a gift to not um, have such an emotional response to everything because I feel like I have that tendency period, right? Like I've always had that tendency, but now I feel like I have a place like that I've, you know, for those to go and I know that or how to deal with those. And I, I know that's kind of what you talked about in your sessions. And it was just like, you know, you still had the emotions of, you know, we still needed to do the work with the emotions. And I think that's the part that like, maybe not everyone feels things so intensely, but perhaps if you're like me or like, I do, like, I do feel things really intensely. And it was to the point where it would be like crippling. And like throughout the day, it was just like a roller coaster constantly of, you know, feelings right highs and lows and things like that so I just feel like this um, mindfulness and tapping has just made a, a an incredible difference for that and it can be like more of a level situation yes. instead of yeah. these highs and lows so and what I what I can see happening is you're becoming so aware that you when you're practicing mindfulness what happens is that awareness piece grows and you begin to respond instead of react. And the reaction is like that quick, not thinking, you know, where it's just, but when you practice mindfulness, there becomes a space. There's a little space of awareness in between so that you don't get caught in the emotion anymore. You become aware of the emotion. And then we can respond with wisdom. And the fact that you held back and realized that, and you made a choice instead of getting right in there and, and, right. and moving, moving them apart and settling it and getting them there as mom, yeah. that you just held back and, and noticed 
and then, you know, made that decision, made that choice. It's like when we practice mindfulness, we begin to have choices in how we respond to things instead of getting overwhelmed or caught in them on a regular basis. Right. And, and like, no, nobody needs to be told that, you know, we don't make the best decisions when we're having, like when we're responding emotionally to something. Right. Mm -hmm. So whether like, that's when like we're uttering threats and we're, you know what I mean? We probably are raising our voice. We're impatient. We may, we're probably saying things that we don't, you know, really actually believe or think, or, you know, that we would never say under a normal circumstance or things like that. Right. And so, um, you know, and I, I could see the same emotional issues in my child, right? So I was, you know, but I could, I could identify with what she was feeling, but she's, you know, I'm an adult and she's a child, right? So I know that children, you know, develop at different, you know, rates and things like that. And that whole prefrontal frontal cortex does not develop until much, much later. So, you know, to have really, really high expectations about her. But the thing is, at least I can show up in a calm you know, responsive way instead of a reactive way, because that doesn't serve anybody, right? So that's, that's why I'm so pleased to have this tool, even as a mom, so that I can just show up for my kids in a different way, in, in the way that I would prefer. Right. And, and I also want to mention that if there, if those moments do come up where, you know, we as moms or parents or, or just, if we do react, that, this is a practice right. and it doesn't happen overnight. Right. And to be gentle and kind with ourselves when that does happen right. and, and just to give us a little, like ourselves a little compassion and say, I'll get it right next time. Right. right. I'll get it right next time. Yeah. And yeah, we wouldn't want to hold ourselves to that standard of perfection. Uh, we don't always respond perfectly or things like that. So that's, you know, that's to give us, ourselves that grace and then have those conversations with our children, which I always, you know, if I've, Feel like I've made a mistake or something like that I always try to own up to that afterwards and, mm -hmm. and talk to them about that so yes. but yeah so I just feel like um, it's been a good tool that way and so we haven't really talked about the tapping part of it do you um, again that was kind of a concept I had heard about you know again and within the last couple of years and I think what ended up happening is I did do a little bit of research and I kind of dabbled with it at the time but I didn't have the tool to to keep me going, if that makes sense. So that's why I would say like with the release app, I feel like that's like the perfect tool to accompany that practice because it tells you like, so this is your app of course, and it tells you like throughout each exercise exactly what you should be doing and like the things that to be thinking about and things like that. So it's such a good, it's like that coaching piece that we need in order to develop that practice, right? And so probably now I could do a tapping, you know, circuit or exercise without the app, but I still go back to it every time because it gives me everything that, you know, and for different, like there's lots of different um, exercises as well. So depending on my circumstance or whatever is going on at the time, but I think that's uh, part of the reason why it wouldn't, didn't stick for me in the past is because I don't think I had the the tool necessarily. It's like I could research it and I could learn about it, but I didn't have that thing that I could go to every day in order to make it a practice. So that's where I think that app is huge for that. So And that's exactly why I created the app, the release app, because I would go in and teach people about mindfulness and I would teach them about tapping and then I would turn around and walk out the door. And there was no 
there was nothing that I could offer them from me to support them with their own practice. So they said, well, yeah, I heard you, you speak a year ago, but are you practicing mindfulness? Well, no, I don't really know how to do it. And so then I created the app. Now half of the app has mindfulness exercises on it because we need to train that attention piece. We need right. plus not only do we train our attention piece, but our body begins to really know that relaxation response. Right. And, and, and the more we know it, the quicker we can get into it. Right. Then, then the tapping comes in. So can we just talk about emotions for a moment here? Sure. Yeah. Just so I can give the background behind yeah. emotions. Now, a lot of people, and, and this was me too, used to, I used to push my emotions away. Now, I'm sure that you have heard don't worry, you're fine. Right. We, we heard that. Our parents heard that. It's a generational thing. Yeah. So we're always yeah. just told, you know, don't cry, you're fine. Don't worry, don't be sad, don't be scared, don't be angry. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. So at a very, very early age, I was told how to push my emotions away. But you know what? That doesn't really work. No. That saying, what you resist persists, that's true for emotions. The more you push it away, the worst it feels. And we tend to label emotions as good and bad. Right. When I do this with students, they list the bad emotions, like, like double what they come up with the positive. And so when we're, when we're trying to push the emotions away, it doesn't work. It feels worse. It persists. It just like it, you know, it doesn't feel good. But when I learned about mindfulness, I learned we can do the exact opposite and we can take care of our feelings. That's what I call it, taking care of our feelings. Right. When we take care of our feelings, we name it. Right. So there's that piece that we notice it, okay? Notice right. and name it. We find where it resonates in our body and emotions are sensations that show up in our body caused by a thought. So where does it resonate? For me, when I feel sadness, it resonates as a fluttery feeling around my heart. Anger, for me, shows up as a sensation in my hands, okay? It's just, just it, it's a tingling sensation. When I really notice it, it's, it's right here. And then butter, uh, the butterflies in my abdomen are a sign of nervousness, mm -hmm. and I can feel them. Now, the third step is to simply allow yourself permission Give yourself permission to feel the emotion without pushing it away and just to notice it. And, and there was a, a study done in the States where they said, if you put your attention on an emotion for 90 seconds, it will begin to dissipate. Mm. Now it'll like, you know how an emotion just feels like it's getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. It'll begin to dissipate. So it's the it's a completely different relationship. And when you begin to do that, you're going to notice that you stop labeling these ones as bad. Right. Anxiety is not bad. It's no. just a feeling. It's right. just there. And I, that's how I, you know, I work with children a lot. So I, I teach parents or kids and parents just to help their children, to, to let them allow the feeling to be there, to, to really experience it and not to push it away because that's when they get scared. Right. right. When they're trying to push it away, where they think being anxious, that feeling of anxiety is bad. I shouldn't be feeling that. So I'm going to push it away. Then it's just worse. And it, it just builds. Right. So giving them that tool can really empower them and it, it can set them free from the emotion. Right. 
which is super important for kids, but also for adults, right? You think about how many adults, you know, that we respond emotionally all the time, right? And um, so, yeah, I think, um, I feel like if this would be such a gift for, for kids um, to learn so much earlier in their life than, than when, you know, you're my age and, and trying to figure this stuff out, because I just, so what you're doing is so valuable, right? Because if they can use it and and hold on to it and make a regular practice of it um, and the thing is you've given them that gift with the app right because that's something that you know it's easily accessible for kids and you have a whole section for kids on the app right so um, it's something that they can make a regular practice for themselves as well and and we've definitely dabbled with that with the kids in our home but um, I can't say that I, w I wouldn't I wouldn't lie to you and say that we have a, a committed practice or anything like that for them but um, they, they, uh, you know, at first when I was telling them about tapping, they were probably responded the same way as me. And they're like, what, what, this is so weird. Like, what is this? I don't like, why are we touching our face? And, and you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, just give it a try. Like, I want you to think about like, which part feels the, feels good for you or what, you know what I mean? Cause it's kind of different, you know, absolutely areas. So, so I think that's a good segue into, uh, talking about that a little bit more so, because, uh, if people don't know what tapping is. Yeah, absolutely. I know I had the same response and if my sister ends up watching this, she'll kill me for this. But I, I told, I think I told you this before. I was like, oh, I was just at a tapping session. It was so cool. And, and uh, it was just awesome. It was a PD day and she happened to be here and she was babysitting my kids for me that day. And she's like, tapping. It's not like where you have to like touch your face and stuff. And like, isn't it COVID? Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, anyhow, we don't talk about that anymore, but. I'm just thinking that that might be other people's response too. So let's uh, let's uh, talk about that a little bit more. Yes, and you know it it does it does look weird sometimes. I mean, this is something that that can be a practice that's just done in your home, and sure. and there are you know I'll I'll just talk as we go through the points. There are some specific points that you can just use while you are out in public, and this is all about choosing to self-regulate. Right. choosing to feel better and tapping has been said to be the number one stress redu reduction tool right now because it has been called that because it's simple and it's quick right like i mean you know like you know you, you felt the difference i mean so what i do is when i when i do a presentation for people uh, is i will explain all what tapping is but then we're going to try some because i want them to have an experience with it and usually when they have an experience it's like what just happened this was so easy and i don't feel the difficult emotion like i did right. so let's can we talk about it then for sure let's do it okay so when we when we talked about i'm just going to back up a little bit when we talked about we have a thought and our body reacts so when we have a stressful thought about something that has already happened or maybe a worry or what if about the future what happens now i know the science behind this i'm going to give the, this is going to be a very simplistic scientific um, explanation of it right. our amygdala which is a stress center of our brain when we have a stressful thought our amygdala which are two little almond shaped parts of our brain begin to activate therefore the stress response begins in our body cortisol which is a stress hormone is released into our body adrenaline you know depending on the thought adrenaline could be released in 80 percent of the blood from our forebrain moves into our arms and our legs and we go into that fight or flight response 
The difficult emotion that goes along with that, whether it's anger, sadness, fear, frustration, worry, anxiety, intensifies because of that. And it grows and we start to feel it growing, okay? We feel the body symptoms, we don't feel good. With tapping, and it, tapping is actually a nickname for emotional freedom technique, which is shortened EFT. We call it tapping because that is the act that we do is we just tap gently. So there are, I use nine very simple points. There's more points than that, but just for a, a basic sequence, we use nine points and I use these nine points on my app. The points are, the first one is your karate chop point. Now this is where you would karate chop a board, okay? This is the first point. Now there are three ways to do this. I teach people three ways. You can either press and release, you can tap gently, or you can massage, okay? Now these are, this is based around acupuncture or acupressure points in our body. If you've ever had acupuncture, there are certain points. Now what happens when you are tapping or applying pressure to these points is it's sending electromagnetic signals to your amygdala in your brain to calm down. When your amygdala begins to calm down, cortisol, the stress hormone, stops being released from your body. Your body begins to relax, okay? The blood moves back into the forebrain. The stress begins to melt away and the intensity of the emotion that you felt is from way up here, begins to move down, okay? So this is the first point. And you, you have a karate chop, or it, we call it the side of hand. Either arm, it, either hand, it doesn't matter those points run on both sides. The second point is in between your eyebrows. Now this is not up here on your forehead, it's right here. Okay, the third point is on the side of your eye. Very simple. You can go both or you can just do one. <laughs> the next point is under your eye. I think this is my favorite one, Leanne. Yeah. I love this one. A little tough to do with glasses on, but it is. I always do mine for the yeah. for uh, the actual sessions that I do myself, of course. The next one is under your nose. Now it is COVID, right? right. So we want to make sure that your hands are clean. That's a very simple thing to do. Just washing your hands before you tap. Yes. So simple. Or I tell some people just skip the under the nose. The next one is the chin point. Now this is in between your the tip of your chin and your lip, and that little dent right there. That feels good. Mm -hmm. The next point is your collarbone point. Now this is, you don't have to go right on top of your collarbone. You could just go a little below. I like to do this. Yeah. You know, or you could do one side. It doesn't matter. It's a very forgiving practice too. You don't have to be specifically actually, on like, point. What happens is as you start experimenting with it, like if, if you're trying in one spot and it doesn't feel, you know, you just move around a little bit and then you kind of feel, it's like, oh, there it is. You know, the point that you're trying to feel. So it's not, like you said, it's not complicated in any way. You'll figure mm -hmm. it out as mm -hmm. you go, right? So. Yes. And then the next point is under your arm. Now, ladies, this is where your bra strap would be, okay? Gentlemen, it's about two inches below your armpit. And you can go both hands, or you can do this. Some people do this, or just one, just as long as you're tapping the side of your body. And the last point is the top of your head. And those are the points. So if, even if you are 
somewhere and you you are experiencing a really difficult emotion even if you just choose one point to stop on it mm-hmm. okay now when i was learning about tapping i thought i always had to do the points but it's just one just one point is better than nothing right okay even one point can help to decrease the intensity of the emotion that you're feeling because you're sending that signal to the amygdala in the brain to calm down and i remember it was like shortly after you taught me this i remember my daughter came into my office or something like that and she wanted something and she wasn't getting it or whatever and i like just tap my way through this whole this whole little confrontation we were having on my chin and I was just like, stayed chill, and off she went. And I was just like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever, right? And it was, she was probably wondering what I was doing, but anyhow, it worked. And, and you know what? If you are, like, I mean, I used to do this yeah. before I ever learned about tapping. Right. Uh, and I would do this while I was having a conversation with somebody. I was actually just massaging those points. A lot of people do this. Right. A lot of people do this. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're intuitively applying pressure to those points because it feels good. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you for so, doing the, the basics. That's awesome. So tapping works for any kind of difficult emotion that you might be experiencing. And it also works for limiting beliefs that you might have. Right. right? So, so good for limiting, limiting beliefs because when we're thinking a thought over and over and over again, it becomes a limiting belief. Right. And we know that most of the time there's no truth to it at all, but because we have thought it over and over again, that belief takes hold. We act from it. We make decisions from it. It causes us so much suffering and there's no truth to it at all. So we do um, exercises on there and actually even have some on the app that work with limiting beliefs and, and confidence and doubt. And you could just tap that out. And because it actually, it's not so much the emotion, but it's the, it's, it's how true that is for you. You know, something like I'm not good enough. Well, a lot of people, you know, that a lot of people, that's their core belief about themselves where they just don't feel good enough. And there's a whole bunch of things that will be, it's almost like that is a tabletop, like I'm not good enough. And underneath that tabletop in EFT or tapping, we call it aspects. There'll be little aspects or table legs that are holding up that belief. And we begin to identify those little beliefs, little places in our life where we didn't feel good enough, people who didn't make us feel good enough, you know, all those little things. And we begin to tap each one of those out. And oh my goodness, in a very short amount of time with a little bit of homework, right. you can knock that belief off. Right. And actually, I did a session not too long ago about limiting beliefs. And I've shared like the topic, you know, things about the topic. And basically, you know, from my perspective is just to get people to realize what they are and the grip that they can have on you in your life because it's holding them back. And I think maybe more than ever, even like with I don't know, we're, we're limited in a lot of ways already. And I just feel like, yeah, people are, you know, are afraid to pursue things or to try things or to do that because of whatever thoughts that they, you know, are harboring or carrying with them. So it's, and I've mentioned, you know, tapping as, 
you know, one of the tools that can definitely serve people to diffuse those limiting beliefs that are just, yes. just have such a foothold on, on, on us. Right. And so, and, you know, we all continue to battle with those. And I think that we can do, we do lots of work, but I think it's a regular maintenance of those things as well. Like, cause they'll, they'll keep resurfacing every time we try something new or try, you know what I mean? As we keep stretching ourselves, well, then we'll have new limiting beliefs about things that we don't think that we can do. Right. So I think that is such a universal topic. I think everybody, you know, struggles with those kinds of things. So that's why this tool can really serve everyone. Right. It can. So. It can. And along with a, a belief, like a limiting belief about ourselves, there comes an emotion. And right. so that emotion could be a fear. Right right? The, the fear right there. So we could tap down that emotion. So that belief that there's no, there's no, like that stronghold of that belief around that certain event or that, that thing that we're putting ourselves out there to do. It would be, even though I feel so scared about this, it might not work. Right. I'll be okay. And you know, you just tap through that. Do you want to try some tapping? Sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, um, I want you to think about something that stresses you out, okay? We're gonna do a very generalized one where anyone who's watching, just think of something that stresses you out. Now, I wouldn't pick the biggest thing in your life if there's a really big life event that's going on right now, maybe now's the time not to pick that, but just pick something that, you know, it could be a person that just kind of stresses you out a little bit or um, a situation or maybe a little worry or what if about what might happen, okay? And just go ahead and close your eyes. I want you to think about that stressor and notice what emotion comes up when you think about that. And where do you feel the emotion in your body? This is the mindfulness part. This is where the mindfulness practice comes in. So you could notice where the feeling is in your body and what it feels like. If you can feel that feeling, rate the intensity of that emotion on a scale of one to 10. 10 meaning it feels pretty big. Now start tapping on the side of your hand and repeat after me. Now you don't have to say it out loud. You could just say it in your mind. Even though I feel all of this stress, when I think about the situation, I'll be okay. Even though I think about, when I think about all of this stressor, I accept how I feel and I'll be okay. Okay, one more time on the side of your hand. Even though I feel all of this stress, when I think about this situation, I'm open to seeing this differently and I'm open to releasing it. Now tap on your eyebrow point. I feel all of this stress. 
tap on the side of your eye. All of this stress, whenever I think about this, tap under your eye. Whenever I feel this, under your nose, I just want it to go away. Chin point, this stressor. Collarbone point, this situation. Under your arm, feeling all of this stress in my body. Top of your head, feeling all of this stress in my mind. Eyebrow point, but I'm open to the possibility. Side of your eye, that I can let this stress go. Tap under your eye. I don't want to feel this way anymore. Tap under your nose, so I choose to let it go. Chin point, I choose to process this emotion. Collarbone point, so I can release it from my body. Under your arm, I process this emotion now. Top of your head, and I let it go. Eyebrow point, I know my thoughts create the feelings in my body. Side of your eye. So I choose better feeling thoughts. Under your eye, I take a deep breath. Tap under your nose. I look for all the blessings around me. Chin point. I choose to let all the stress go. Collarbone point. Knowing that I'm safe right now. Under your arm. Knowing that I do have a choice in how I feel. Top of your head. And I'm choosing peace and ease in this precious present moment. Okay, so go ahead and put your hand down and just take a nice deep breath into your abdomen. And I'd like you to rate the intensity of the emotion that you felt at the beginning of, because compared to the beginning, what does it feel like now? What is the intensity on a scale of one to 10? you want to share where your number, if it moved at all, what your experience was? I, I'm going to be honest with you here and with everybody. Um, I was actually having difficulty thinking of something that's stressing me out right now. <laughs> oh, <yay. laughs> which, I love it. 
a total gift. I know that. But I also think that that's a sign of like the work that I've been doing a lot of, you know, along the way here too. So, you know, the only thing I could really think of um, was um, like one of my oldest, like my oldest daughter sometimes just presents these you know, selfish, selfish behaviors, for example, right? And then I kind of own all that. And I'm just like, how could I be raising someone that only thinks of herself? And, you know, she can't think of other people. And I, I do sometimes have a, an emotional response to that. Um, you know, just seeing that in her, because I've always tried to show them like, you know, it's about generosity and thinking of others. And, and you know, I think Christmas just brings this kind of all out again. It's just like, you know, what, could, what am I going to get? What's for me? What's for, you know what I mean? And, even has a hard time sometimes thinking about what she would get for other people and things like that. So that was the only thing that I could really think of that, you know, is, it grinds me, I guess, sometimes, but uh, even that is, you know, it, it's, it's kind of just the way she is, right? So I think that I can accept that to some extent of, you know, that that's who she is, and I'll continue to try to cultivate that in her. But, you know, some people aren't as, you know, wired as generously as other people, for example, right? So but yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, anyways, that's kind of my confession about that particular, you know, challenge that you were asking me. So, but uh, I've been actually using it like kind of, I feel like as more like a maintenance, right? So just, I, you know, I do a just actually, I usually just do the five minute tap in the morning. And I just feel like that just sets me up for the day and whatever's coming along. And so, yeah, I think that I'm very blessed right now to, to feel not too stressed so yeah no that's great that's just such a blessing it is. and it is once see we could dig in we can dig into our past too and and see if there's anything there that stresses us out and like somebody said grab a high school yearbook and open it up and see what comes up right. <laughs> we probably can find something in there but you know just those little things that we don't even know that we might still be holding on to but it right. might resurface at some point if we you know just it, it's that maintenance and if you have to look for things then you know, just, it's more so with tapping, I tell people at the beginning, I would recommend like a daily practice, but then just do it when it comes up, right? You know, little things come up, right? And it, just when we think everything's going really good, something will come up and it's like, oh, you feel anger. Right. Well, what I, what I do, I'll just go to the app and I'll just play the anger one. <laughs> and yes, I'm listening to my own app, but I use it. I use it. I use it every day. Right. I mean, just be just before we did this, I did the five minute tap to calm and two of the mindful mini. I, I love, I love using the mini mindful moments in the education category. I did two of those. And then the five minute tap to calm, just as I sat here in this space right. to just kind of calm everything down so that I am able to have an authentic conversation and there's nothing in the way. There was no worry about, is this going to go well? Or is this, I just, right. and then when you get into that space, you trust, you just trust that, no, I, we've got this. And Absolutely. anything that needs to be said is going to come out and, and it's, it's going to flow and it's going to be easy and, and we're going to get into that rhythm. So for sure. And that's a gift. And I know I shared with you when I first came down here before this recording started, I was like, you know, things were imploding upstairs in my house and it was bedtime. And, you know, there was, you know, uh, one child was upset with me because I didn't have, like, she was late for hockey, you know, coming home from hockey practice. And then we didn't have the window of time to to read the book that we've been reading together and so I'm like you know I'm sorry I have this going on tonight and so I can make up for it tomorrow or but nor like under different circumstances in the past that I would have let that situation just 
get the best of me and just drag me down emotionally, right? Because, oh, what kind of mother doesn't have time to read with her child? You know, I would have beat myself up. How could I possibly be doing things like this um, that, you know, are really meaningful to me and I believe really meaningful to other people and not be reading to my child, for example, right? And, you know, or my other child was, you know, in the bathroom and, you know, she was resisting her father's help and only wanted me, right? And so instead of getting oh my God, I have this thing. We got like, you got to brush your teeth and I got to go. And, you know, I just was like, good night, sweetie. I love you. And I just said, good luck to my husband. And I just came down and I was ready for this because that's, and I, I credit that to the work that I've been doing to all of this, because in the past, I would not have been able to come here in this space, you know, in such a relaxed way, I guess, um, because of other things that would be going on in my life and my response to those things. So I feel like it's a gift and that's why I'm sharing it with people today because yeah. I think it's just so valuable. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm so grateful, uh, Leanne. Can I show my book too? Of course. Yep. Okay. So this is my book, Good Morning Sunshine, a story of mindfulness. And it actually helps to teach children and their parents and their families six different tools for mindfulness. Because we do so many things on automatic pilot throughout the day, right. and we're just not aware for, of it at all. Right. Um, this will help children and their parents to begin a practice. And then I love the little cards that I incorporated at the back of the book to help families when they're experiencing a difficult emotion or stressful thought, they can tear these books or these cards out of the book and then make their own little mindfulness box and the practice continues. And what I love about the app, I included exercises to go with the cards in the book. So, so those little audios that you see on the, in the kids section of the app complement the exercises in here so that families can continue to use them. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And uh, congratulations on the book and congratulations on the app, because I really do feel that it is a powerful, powerful tool for people. And like I said, that's what kind of got me into and being able to do it. Of course, I did a couple of challenges with you as well, just to build that practice. In the yeah. um, so whenever you have those, so people can, I, you know, they can find you at present moment living, I believe on, you're on Instagram and Facebook, right? And so then you post about those challenges, if that's something that they're interested in getting into. And of course, um, just to you know, as a refresher, the app is called Release, right, on uh, the App Store. So um, there's definitely, there's free ones, but there's also a paid subscription if you're wanting to unlock all the content, right? Yes, and the 14-day challenges are helping so many people begin to incorporate it into a practice. Yes. And they, they think when, when, when they join the challenge, and it's, it's the 14 days, that within two weeks, they have a regular practice and they they can actually, what I know, what they say is they notice the difference in how they feel. Right. So again, it's the feeling. Yeah. It's not me just saying, oh, you'll feel, feel better after 14 days. They experience it and then go, I'm in. Right. And the thing is, is that once you've done it for 14 days and you've noticed a difference, you're like, well, why would I quit that? Right. And so then you do make it a regular practice. And I, that's honestly, that's how I started in September. And it's been, I would say a fairly regular practice. I think I did one more just to kind of recalibrate, um, you know, a little later on when you were having another one. And then, yeah, it's a very much become a regular practice and something I schedule into my day now. So thank you so much for being here. Is there any last final things that you 
think that we absolutely have to share? I'm just going to say that, you know, we really don't have to be a victim to what life throws our way. And this year, especially what we're going through right now, we are caught in what if thing. Um, but we can use these tools to empower us, to really help us to control how we feel and, and just to choose to feel more peace and ease and happiness right. with, for ourselves and as a gift to the people around us for because sure. they, they can feel the difference in us. And that's just the biggest gift ever. For sure. And that's, um, I think anybody who's, you know, spends time around someone who is, you know, maybe stressed or, you know, maybe like, especially with this COVID thing, there's lots of people that are really um, feeling that stress of that and feeling very worried about things. And there's like, it's like, it ripples out to everything around you, right? And that's, that is just not how I want to show up for my family at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to say that we don't talk about COVID and, you know, that we, we're all very aware of, you know, the restrictions that we're facing and the limitations that we're facing. Um, but, you know, not to get too emotionally invested in, into it and still finding the joy in our days and the gratitude and, and the blessings, you know, amidst it all amidst it all right so just thinking about that so yeah i think uh, we really can as we kind of take care of ourselves it can really trickle up trickle out and really impact the people around us in a positive way as well so absolutely yeah well thank you so much leanne yes. thank you for inviting me to come on i'm so grateful for this yes i hope it reaches a lot of people so. and and just helps them me to too. feel happier okay yeah. thank you again i appreciate it so much yeah, you take good care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Our Life Well Lived, the podcast. Be sure to check out Our Life Well Lived, Leanne Hintz, the website, and Our Life Well Lived, Leanne Hintz, the Facebook page. Like and follow and share your heart out. The more you do, the more the word spreads about a life well lived. Thanks so much for being here.